WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, July 21st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Could see some showers on and off throughout this Friday. Some intense thunderstorms, too. Maybe even some hail. Uh, the high 79. But the good news, it all clears out for the weekend. It's going to be a beauty. Saturday sunshine, high 85. Sunday mostly sunny, high 86. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 70 and cloudy in Thornwood up in Westchester County, 73 and cloudy in Glen Ridge down in New Jersey, and it is 73 and mostly cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. I heard Frank uh, talking about, uh, you know, doing battle with his wife. And uh, we were talking for a little bit off the air about that. And I, I, I can sympathize in so many ways. So can anybody who's married is you have those moments where, you know, you're just not disagreeing on things and you're having a hard time working it out. And everybody's got busy schedules. So you're trying to figure out a time to sort of hash it all out. And I think I do something similar to my wife that Frank may do to his wife that bothers her is I will talk to anybody. And in the process, lots of times in the process of meeting people on the streets and, and talking to them, I'll then invite them over because we have this little nice backyard area where you can sit back and have a beer and stuff like that. And so random people will show up at our door. And it's not to say that my wife doesn't like meeting new people or doesn't like random people. She just wants notice that they're coming, that I'm just not going to open the front door and some person she's never seen before, or maybe a neighbor too, will walk in the front door and then come back with me to the back area and, <laughs> and have something to drink or just sit out there, hang out, uh, you know, in the chairs, the hammock or whatever else is in our backyard there. Um, and so that's led to some, you know, interesting moments because she can't do that in front of them. And uh, so afterwards, she'll say, you know, a, a little advance notice or I'll or I'll accept invitations. I do this, too. And it's terrible. I, I try not to. But in the moment, I have a hard time saying no. I'll be invited to something. And I'll say, yeah, sure. And our, our wife and I, my wife and I will come. And then I come. I forget to tell her that happens. Uh, relatively often and so of course she gets upset at that as she should by the way <laughs> so uh, you know uh, there's been a couple of moments where i'll wake up in the morning and she's not in the bed next to me thankfully that has not happened very often we've been married 20 years and most of it, it has been blissful but you know you got your valleys and your hills and you go through times where not everything's great in a marriage and it's all about how you handle those moments of course and keeping yourself together. So we've been able to do that 20 years. I imagine we'll hopefully we'll be able to do that for another 20. Uh, well, good luck to Frank this weekend. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The search for bodies connected to the Gilgo Beach killer goes nationwide. RFK Jr. tells Congress he is no anti-Semite. A New Jersey school bus monitor charged with manslaughter. A Long Island shark bite victim tells her tale of terror. 
and Delta coming to the rescue for a couple on their honeymoon. All right, let's get into it at 5.04. It was a week ago today that we found out about the person uh, arrested in the Gilgo Beach murders. And ever since then, of course, details more coming out every single day. Rex Uerman, Massapequa Park, out on Long Island, the Gilgo Beach murders, the unsolved murders, the missing person cases around the nation now getting a second look after Rex Uerman's arrest for the murders of those three young women whose burlap-wrapped bodies were found along Gilgo Beach more than a decade ago. Here's the Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison pushing the story forward. More details coming out. The bodies, the demographics were a little different, but it doesn't mean that uh, we're not going to take a closer look and see if Rex... Uh, human is attached to them or other bodies that might have been discovered throughout the state. Right. So it was 10 bodies and all found in the beach area, Gilgo Beach area. Uh, Hewerman connected to three, potentially four, but they're not ruling out that he could be connected to more of those found on the beach. That includes the 2006 killings of four women working as prostitutes in Atlantic City now. Their bodies found in a watery ditch along the Blas- uh, Black Horse Pike. This is in Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. Reporter Stephanie Gosk has been down in Atlantic City snooping around. The New Jersey authorities say they are specifically looking at the 2006 eastbound strangler case the bodies of four women who worked in the sex trade were discovered in a drainage ditch the killer never found yes now cops think maybe just maybe Uerman is connected to those crimes police in las vegas where Uerman owned a timeshare said this week they are also looking at a possible connection to unsolved cases there that is Evidence technicians were scouring Huerman's, uh, Huerman's Pasapequa Park home for a seventh consecutive day Thursday. The search of the house expected to last at least another three days. And yesterday, there was some more information about what took place in that house. Detectives now say they believe one of the murders was likely carried out by Huerman in his home. Didn't give us a whole lot more details about that. But until his arrest last week, prosecutors say Huerman was living this double life. Of course, using burner phones, anonymous email accounts to arrange sex and search uh, child pornography while he was raising his daughter and his stepson and commuting into the city for his architecture job. His jailers, by the way, uh, they've been watching him closely because they say he is on suicide watch. And uh, he hasn't said a whole lot. There's apparently a TV he can watch in the cell, has not been watching that. They say he's been staring up at the ceiling most of the time. Other times he's just sleeping. Amazingly, no uh, emotions whatsoever. And when you think about someone, you know, last week that was roaming around the streets of New York and also Massapequa Park freely, to be confined in the space that he's currently confined in, you would think that you would see some emotion. No emotion, apparently, at all. And we are a week from that arrest that took place right here in Midtown. Women who work in the sex trade, they are speaking out and have been over the last 24 hours. We're going to get into that in just a moment. WABC Newstime 509. So we are a week away from that arrest of Rex Huerman. It was Friday morning. We learned he had been arrested in Midtown Manhattan the night before on Thursday night. And uh, the murders all connected to women who worked in the sex trade. And some of those women speaking out saying 
they think they likely had interactions with him or at least got phone calls with him. Some say they were spooked out by him and canceled their so-called dates. It was such a close call that I almost don't even know if I can carry on in my industry. One of the phone numbers was saved as do not answer from 2020. I don't remember the specific details of how or why that happened. But if I get a vibe from somebody that this person is scary, that's when I'll save them as do not answer. So it's really scary to find out that the person was actually only less than a mile from me. Women who usually or have worked in the sex trade for a long time say they can usually size up a client right away. And uh, they say Rex Uerman would not necessarily have fit the profile of somebody they would normally have been scared of. We all knew that there was a serial killer out there that was hunting us. And we thought that the person was from the Hamptons. And so nobody was taking calls in the Hamptons. It's really shaken our community that that we're afraid that he would have passed any of our screening techniques because he is... Uh, business person. Yeah, what all these women said is they just feel enormously lucky to still be alive. He looks like 80% of my clients. His build, his professional stature, um, his marriage, his children, where he lives. I could have been a victim. Yeah, a lot more going to come out about this case, of course. Just keep it here, 77 WABC for the latest. 511, let's go down to D.C. President Biden bringing his Bidenomics, uh, Biden, Bidenomics tour to Philadelphia yesterday. A lot of my friends in organized labor know when I think climate, I think jobs. I think union jobs, not a joke. The president touring the Philly shipyard yesterday where union workers building a ship that will be used to install and maintain offshore wind turbines. The project part of the administration's continued push into U.S. manufacturing and clean energy. Workers in nine different unions will start building a vessel called the Acadia. It's going to place heavy rocks at the base of the offshore wind project. Biden announcing another offshore wind lease sale, too. We announced the first ever offshore wind sale in the Gulf of Mexico. We're going to the Gulf. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of pushback, of course, to these offshore projects, these wind turbines. Lots of animal lovers. Lots of people think that's the reason so many whales have beached themselves, so many on the Jersey Shore, because of these wind turbine projects taking place out in the ocean. Um, but they're pushing through with these projects from the administration of the White House. Uh, 512, former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger meets the Chinese president during a private trip to Beijing. Andrew Woods says the Chinese president told Kissinger that he'll never forget an old friend. Henry Kissinger visited secretly in 1971, and uh, his, his negotiations, his talks, his contacts paved the way for the historic visit in 1972 of President Richard Nixon, the first American president to visit the People's Republic of China. It is a bit of a snub, perhaps, for uh, John Kerry. He spoke to the, uh, the, the Premier of China. He spoke to the Vice President of China, but he never got to speak to President Xi Jinping. Yeah, you know what's amazing about this is Henry Kissinger's 100 years old, and there he is making a private trip to Beijing. That's really amazing. 513, the White House still trying to determine the whereabouts of that American soldier who crossed into North Korea this week. 
In Tokyo, reporter Rebecca Bundon says North Korea has still made no comments about Private Travis King, who crossed the border just a few days back. North Korea in the past has published information in its state media on the detention of U.S. nationals. This comes after the nuclear-armed state launched its newest intercontinental ballistic missile last week. North Korea on Wednesday fired two ballistic missiles hours after a U.S. submarine arrived in a South Korean port for the first time in decades. Nuclear envoys from the U.S., South Korea and Japan are due to hold talks on Thursday in Tokyo on the growing aggression from North Korea. Rebecca Bundon, Tokyo. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy defending controversial comments he made suggesting Chinese and Jewish people are less susceptible to COVID. I've never been any vaccine. Everybody in this room probably believes that I have been, because that's the prevailing narrative. He was speaking during a hearing on government censorship online. Kennedy's argued he's been smeared through misrepresentations, distortions about what he said. And he says there's no evidence that he's anti-Semitic. Congenial, respectful debate is the fertilizer, it's the water, it's the sunlight for our democracy. But his comments come after video was released in which he suggested COVID could have been uh, ethnically targeted to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. In my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. The top House Democrat doesn't believe that. He's slamming Republicans for allowing... RFK Jr. to testify before this House committee. Why would you give Robert F. Kennedy Jr. a congressional platform to spew his hatred? Kennedy running against President Biden in the 2024 race. He apologized uh, last year. Uh, This is not the first time he's invoked the Holocaust or Judaism. Kennedy uh, RFK Jr. apologized last year for just suggesting things are worse for people during COVID or were worse for people during COVID than they were for Anne Frank. Of course, she's the teenager who died in a Nazi concentration camp after hiding with her family in a secret annex in an Amsterdam house for two years. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Friday. Good morning to you, Noam Layden. Start with the Metsies here. They were unable to complete a sweep of the visiting Chicago White Sox after yesterday's 6-2 loss in the series finale. Left-hander Jose Quintana made his debut for New York and did what he could keep his guys within striking distance through five solid innings of work after only yielding two runs on six hits. The Mets opted to go to the bullpen, which proved costly in the form of a four-run sixth frame for Chicago, ultimately leading to their victory. Following three straight wins prior to yesterday's loss, New York will try to get right back in the win column in Boston tonight, where they'll get a three-game set with the Red Sox underway at 7.10 p.m. Kodai Senga gets to start tonight against Boston's Cutter Crawford. What a name. As for the Yankees... After an off day today, or yesterday, I should say, they're back at home tonight against the Kansas City Royals in the first of three, set for a 7.05 p.m. first pitch. Clark Schmidt gets the ball against Casey's Alec Marsh. And now to the NFL, where the Washington Commanders were the center of attention yesterday, known pretty much simultaneously the news of the league fining now former Commanders owner Dan Snyder $60 million broke just as it was also being reported that NFL owners approved a $6.05 billion sale of the Washington Commanders to a group led by Josh Harris. Regarding the fine for Snyder, the punishment comes after an independent investigation concluded 
He sexually harassed a team employee and that the team withheld revenue from the NFL. Attorney Mary Jo White who led the investigation informed the league's owners of her findings during a special session yesterday. When it comes to the sale of the franchise, the $6.05 billion the Harris Group is paying is a record sum for a North American sports franchise. So Snyder's reign in Washington is over, actually, I have, a, I have family in uh, in the Potomac area, so they're very, very, very happy about this. Oh, I think every commander fan is. They're, they've been they've wanted him gone for years. Oh yeah, yeah. no, he's been an absolute stain on that franchise. Yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, they're happy to see him go. And finally, on the pitch, gnome Team USA begins their World Cup title defense tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time against Team Vietnam. USA are ginormous favorites in this one, entering. With a line of minus 30,000. <laughs> so, uh, you know. I'll take that. If you want to win 100 bucks and you got $30,000 lying around. <laughs> right. You're a loser. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Here with sports on uh, 77 WABC. No, I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 520. I'm kind of excited about this hearing that's going to take place next week in D.C. The House Oversight Committee will hold a hearing on UFOs next week. Or will we find anything out new or interesting? Uh, I don't know. Tennessee Republican Tim Burchard says the hearing Wednesday will be about transparency. We're going to have witnesses who can speak frankly to public about their experiences. We've had a heck of a lot of pushback about this hearing. We've had members of Congress who fought us. We've had members of the intelligence community and also the Pentagon. Even NASA backed out on us. There are a lot of people who don't want this to come to light. Yes, yeah, so this Republican arguing the lack of information from the government has eroded public trust on the issue. So he says, OK, let's find out everything we know. They do exist or they don't exist. They keep telling us they don't exist, but they block every opportunity for us to get a hold of the information to prove that they do exist. And we're going to get to the bottom of it, dadgummit, whatever the truth may be. Yeah, I can't wait. I think this will be awfully interesting, or it'll be a complete letdown. I don't know which. But witnesses include former U.S. intelligence official David Grush, who recently claimed that the government had recovered a craft of non-human origin. Other witnesses include Navy pilots who have reported multiple uh, UFO encounters. So, again, could be a letdown, or we could learn some really interesting information at next week's hearing. While we're talking about hearings in D.C., the Democratic-led Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday advancing a Supreme Court ethics bill. The bill would set up a code of conduct, tighten financial disclosure, strengthen recusal requirements for justices. Democrats argued the bill would restore confidence in the high court, while Republicans called the move by Congress unconstitutional. They are the most powerful judges in America, and yet... They are not required to follow even the most basic ethical standards. Democrats have been pressing the high court to adopt clearer ethics rules following reports that Justices Alito and Thomas accepted gifts from wealthy Republican donors and the staff of Justice Sotomayor pushed schools to buy thousands of copies of her book. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says the ethics bill would decrease the power the Supreme Court has. It would create a complaint body where anybody could file a complaint against the court And the complaint would be adjudicated by lower court justices. 522, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand introducing bipartisan legislation to stop Congress members from trading stock. Did so yesterday. She's teaming up with Senator Josh Howley of Missouri on the move, which would also ban members 
of the executive branch and their families from trading in the market. I'm not sure which party supports it more. I'm just hopeful that with the collaboration between me and Senator Hawley, we can create momentum to actually get a vote on this Congress. If passed, there would be no exemption for blind trusts, and Congress members who fail to comply would be the subject to a heavy penalty of 10% of the value of those illegal investments. The American people shouldn't have to question whether their representatives in government have their best interests at heart. The uh, proposal considered the most substantial effort to date to ban stock trading. The question is, will it pass? Members of Congress and senior executive branch officials should be serving the American people, not lining their pockets. 523 down to North Carolina. A major EF3 tornado ripping through North Carolina. The 150 mile per hour twister traveled for about 20 miles through Nash, Edgecombe and parts of Halifax counties. Local EMA officials are reporting at least 89 homes and building structures were damaged. The Pfizer pharmaceutical plant in Rocky Mount had over 500,000 pallets of medicine destroyed in the storm. In Raleigh, I'm Lisa Taylor. Down further south to Texas where a group of women there who say they were denied an abortion despite potentially life-threatening medical complications are suing the state of Texas. Austin Dennard was forced, she says, to go to a different state to end her pregnancy, which was unviable. I felt like my pregnancy was not my own that it belonged to the state. The lawsuit questions the emergency exemption in the state's abortion plan. The women who are suing claim that it's contradictory and confusing. I felt abandoned, that the state had completely turned their back on me. They're asking for the ban to be put on hold. The emotional recovery is quite longer. The grief really never goes away. 525, let's go down to Florida. Live ammunition going to be used in a reenactment of the deadly Parkland school shooting in Florida. Lawyers and experts for victims' families making their case. The live rounds produce a particular sound that the blanks simply don't when the projectile leaves the barrel. We think that that the live rounds are more appropriate. The reenactment of the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School uh, massacre is part of a civil lawsuit against former school resource officer Scott Peterson, who claims he did not know where more than 70 bullets were coming from during the 2018 shooting. Parents of some of the victims believe using live rounds over blank rounds will prove that Peterson actually heard the bullets but just failed to act on that day. You want to imitate the original situation as close as possible. They're almost as loud, but there definitely is a difference in the patterning and how you hear the sound. And the attorney for the former school resource officer, Scott Peterson, says they're very well of the impact this reenactment may have. We are going to go with a single reenactment. Uh, we did not see the need to put the community through that twice. Uh, and I think that the agreement that we have uh, that we have reached serves everyone's purpose. Let's go over to Oklahoma, where they carried out their second execution of the year yesterday. Death row inmate Jermaine Cannon, given a lethal injection, pronounced dead Thursday morning. He was executed for the 1995 stabbing of 20-year-old Sharonda Clark. Clark's daughter witnessed the execution. I don't necessarily want to use the word justice, but I do feel like justice was rendered in a way that it should have been. She says Cannon died in peace unlike her mother did. There's no justice for replacing a life or taking a life. However, it was what was necessary, if that makes sense. He was allowed to say his goodbyes, read lips, give thumbs up. Um, 
it was peaceful for him. In fact, his last words were, yes, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then after that, uh, while he was sleeping. This is the start um, of a new journey, a new chapter, not only for myself and for my family, but also for the other surviving victims. We can now easily breathe at ease. Yeah, she says that execution gives her some peace. By the way, people always want to know this. I'll let you know. Cannon's last meal was Werner's ginger ale, chicken breast, sliced brisket, seasoned fries, fried okra, sweet and smoky beans, and cherry pie. We are just getting started on this early Friday morning, so much more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. We'll tell you about a New Jersey school bus monitor who's been charged with manslaughter now. Delta coming to the rescue for a couple on their honeymoon. Uh, A couple in Queens says two men showed up at their house pretending to be FBI agents. That did not go well. And a Long Island shark bite victim tells her tale of terror. Those stories and more coming up after this. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Friday, July 21st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We could see some showers on and off throughout this entire day. Some intense thunderstorms, some of them rolling through right Right now, the high 79, Saturday, just a beauty. Sunshine, high 85, Sunday the same. We like that, mostly sunny, high 86. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 70 cloudy up in Thornwood in Westchester County, 73 and cloudy in Glen Ridge down in New Jersey, and it is 74, and we're starting to see the beginning of the thunderstorm right here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in New York City. There is a tentative deal that'll make sure Broadway shows do not go dark. Can you imagine? You got the SAG after people on strike, no new content being made, TV shows, movies, the writers are on strike. And then there was this potential, it looked like it could happen yesterday, that Broadway would be shut down, but it looks like they have ironed out the details. Christine Nichols of the Broadway Association says Disney Theatrical and the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees reached this tentative deal with the Broadway League to keep those shows open. The strike could have happened as early as today. You can see the restaurants are up. Uh, the overall visitation to Times Square is up. All the ancillary businesses are doing much better thanks to Broadway. So we want to make sure that we keep that show going. Yeah, it would have been just awful time. And you had all these Broadway ticket holders, lots of them in, of course, from out of town saying, I came here to see shows. I support the strike for sure, if there is one. Disappointed because I'm here to see Broadway shows, but I understand. It is their vacation, but it's their livelihood as well. So I understand that. Wow, those people are way understanding. Roughly 1,500 stage hands, hair, makeup artists, wardrobe personnel. This was all about looking for better pay. 28 of the 30 shows on Broadway could have been uh, shut down. So how can you actually believe that an actor does not need a script writer, does not need a makeup artist, 
does not need a, a stage hand, does not need to bring it all full circle on a Broadway platform and then a big screen. Why wouldn't you think that? Yeah, well, you do need all those things to get a Broadway show going. Are they suffering or are they losing uber profits while someone can't make a livable wage doing this job? Can't can't keep their families. Fed? I can tell you that the margins are relatively tight with these Broadway shows from knowing some producers. The deal here must now be ratified by the membership, but they think that's going to happen. The strike could have impacted 28 shows here on the Great White Way in New York and 17 traveling shows, 17 Broadway traveling shows. But again, looks like that will not happen. 535 out to Queens, where police say a pair of thieves were posing as FBI agents, managed to steal tens of thousands of dollars in luxury items and cash from a couple. This took place over the weekend, but police now just releasing uh, surveillance footage of these two suspects wanted in this robbery. So apparently they showed up in a Porsche at this uh, residence on Main Street and Elder Avenue, they stepped out wearing suits. When they knocked on this couple's door, they displayed guns at their waistbands, told them they were FBI agents. The couple inside, a 25-year-old man and a 31-year-old woman, had just returned home. Uh, they didn't initially believe what was going on, and that's when these thieves turned violent. They tased the couple, then tied them up then stole uh, the couple's Mercedes, $20,000 in cash, $20,000 in cryptocurrency, a Rolex, and a number of designer bags. So lots of people questioning, did they know what was behind these closed doors? Uh, the people robbed said they did not recognize these men. The thieves drove off in the Porsche and the Mercedes. Of course, cops uh, hoping that someone will recognize these pictures and turn them in. Another violent moment, this on the Upper West Side, cops investigating after two attacks on two women near Riverside Park that they believe are probably connected. Both assaults happened along Riverside Drive, the first one Tuesday on a bike path, a 38-year-old woman jogging around 10 p.m. when a man on a bicycle shoved her to the ground, sexually assaulted her, got away, leaving the woman minor bruises and scratches, and then Yesterday, this was about 5 a.m., 30 blocks south, a 33-year-old woman was walking at Riverside Park and 59th Street when a man tried to talk to her and then suddenly threw her to the ground and took her cell phone before taking off. You can imagine women who walk in the park say they should be able to walk there any hour, but they say now they'll think about doing that uh, after hearing about these two attacks. It's scary. It's scary. They work late or they work odd hours, and they should be able to be free. This is way too isolated. I will not be out here that late. could have been me. could be anyone. Both victims were taken to the hospital. They are expected to be okay. Police looking into whether that same person is responsible for both attacks. There's cameras everywhere. So my sense is they may have pictures of this guy and they're looking for him at this hour. Let's go out to Holtzville, Long Island. WABC News Time 539, a wrong way collision on the LIE early yesterday morning, killing two people, both drivers and both cars. Uh, there's a lot of questions about how this happened, but apparently this uh, 61-year-old driver, Thomas Raimondo, gets onto the LIE between exit 63 and 62, going Going the wrong way. And poor Jose Ferreira is in a car going the correct direction. He gets hit head on. Both of these drivers are killed in the accident. Police 
unsure why Thomas Raimondo got on going the wrong way. It's very early on in the investigation. Uh, we're thinking he got on at exit 59 of the Long Island Expressway going westbound and eastbound. Neighbors in Holtzville say they've seen a slew of crashes near this exit recently. Yeah, I've been here for 10 years. So, so, so it's a regular thing, honestly, now, recently. Within the last, I want to say, year, probably about seven different crashes right it's, here. It's a lot of crashes. There are federal studies currently underway to reduce wrong rate crashes. They involve use of those pavement markers, uh, rumble strips, uh, portable tire deflectors, and even spikes on at-risk entrances and exits. Um, and some, in fact, uh, some of these entryways to the LIE in this area, they have just uh, like 15 signs that say you're going the wrong way. So they're not sure what happened in the case of the 61-year-old who got on the wrong way. Could it be alcohol? Uh, police aren't saying just yet. 541, let's go out to New Jersey. A bus monitor facing charges in the death of a six-year-old Somerset County girl who was found unresponsive on the bus, Amanda DeValia, charged with second-degree manslaughter. The uh, child was uh, put on the bus uh, to go to summer school. They have an expanded program for kids in Somerset County. Uh, she was put in her wheelchair on the car. I mean, this is just a horrendous story. And somehow the seatbelt that tied her in got uh, somehow around her neck and uh, cut off her air. And uh, she died on the bus. So uh, here's the girl's mother. She talked to News 12 yesterday. There was video on the on the uh, the butt. Would you want to see it? Um, at this point, I'm not sure that I will want to. Yeah, I can't imagine I'd want to see it either. Uh, Devalio worked for Montauk Transit Service. The child's parents say, of course, they're just devastated. They can't stop thinking about their daughter and how much she probably suffered while she was fighting for her life. This doesn't need to happen to any anyone else. You know, we need to love on our kids and, and, and make sure that they're being taken care of when we put them in the hands of any board of education. Yeah, so the bus monitor was uh, wearing earbuds and apparently talking on the phone as this girl behind her was strangling to death from the seatbelt. So that's why she's being charged with manslaughter. 542, the MTA, making more New York City subway stations handicap accessible. The MTA's Jamie Torres Springer, among those gathering at the busy Dykeman Street station in Inwood yesterday to announce that the station's now actually fully ADA accessible. Those stairs were killers for them, and they described, you know, accidents that happened on the stairs, and they described the inability to get somewhere because they weren't able to get onto the subway platform. Yeah, uh, being disabled in New York and trying to take public transit, especially the subway, is next to impossible. You really have to plan out your trip to stations that have elevators. Sometimes you get there, the elevator's not working. The MTA has another 31 stations in construction to make them ADA accessible. The city spending about $40 million to get this done. This is how we reimagine our cities. Oh, this is, that's from another story. But the MTA is moving fast enough now, they say, to make stations ADA accessible. The disabled New Yorkers say it's not happening fast enough. 543, the uh, city is investing uh, millions of dollars now to revitalize downtown Brooklyn. Mayor Adams says they'll do pedestrian safety focus intersection redesigns, wider sidewalks, new trees, and artwork as part of this project. This is how we reimagine our cities, our neighborhoods, and revitalize our business district. 
It means more room to walk, to bike. The city also will have protected bike lanes and two-way dedicated bus lanes. This will cover Fulton Street, Flatbush Avenue. That's all across downtown Brooklyn. It means that the backyard for every New Yorker just got bigger. And the ability of every New Yorker to move around this city if you don't own a car just became more frictionless. 544, New Jersey Congressman Josh Godheimer wants the feds to conduct a study on the flight delays across the tri-state region. They've been just horrendous all summer. It comes after roughly 13% of all flights delayed last summer at the fault of the airline. Staffing issues are unreliable systems, and it's happening again this summer. I'm extremely worried that these flight issues have become the new norm. I don't want them to be. They shouldn't have to be. Folks shouldn't have to put up with this. And the FAA, I'm, I'm concerned the FAA doesn't have a strategy in place to respond and mitigate the frequency of these challenges in the tri-state area. Yeah, we were told last summer that this summer they would fix the problems with the FAA and their staffing shortages. From July 2nd to July 9th, Newark Liberty International, LaGuardia, and JFK ranked top three for cancellations in the United States, something we don't want to put on a bumper sticker. This issue isn't all that new, and it certainly isn't just because of the weather. Yeah, but the process, they've just ruined people's vacations. So this piece of legislation headed to the Senate would address these issues. The legislation we passed today gives them some tools, but the bottom line is they have to actually have a plan in place to address what they know are issues in front of them. And right now it doesn't seem like they do. 545, let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Ellis. Uh, thank you, Noam Aladin. The Mets, they were unable to uh, complete the sweep of the visiting Chicago White Sox after yesterday's 6-2 loss in the series finale. Left-hander Jose Quintana made his debut for New York and did what he could to keep his guys within striking distance through five solid innings of work. After only yielding two runs on six hits, the Mets opted to go uh, to the bullpen, which proved costly in the form of a four-run sixth frame for Chicago, ultimately leading to their victory. Following three straight wins prior to yesterday's loss, New York will try to get right back in the win column in Boston tonight. Well, they'll get a three-game set with the Red Sox underway at 7-10 p.m. Kodai Senga gets a start against Boston's Cutter Crawford. As for the Yankees, after an off day yesterday, they're back at home tonight against the Kansas City Royals in the first of three set for 7.05 p.m. first pitch. Clark Schmidt uh, going up against Casey's Alec Marsh in that one. And now to the NFL, where the Washington Commanders were the center of attention yesterday. Pretty much simultaneously, the news of the league fi- uh, fining, I should say. Now former Commanders owner Dan Snyder, $60 million broke, just as it was also being reported that NFL owners approved a $6.05 billion sale of the Washington Commanders to a group led by Josh Harris. Regarding the fine for Snyder, the punishment comes after an independent investigation concluded he sexually harassed a teammate, or if not a teammate, a team employee and that the team withheld revenue from the NFL. Attorney Mary Jo White, who led the investigation, informed the league's owners of her findings during a special session yesterday. And when it comes to the sale of the franchise, the $6.05 billion the Harris Group is paying is a record sum for uh, a North American sports franchise. And finally, on the pitch tonight, Team USA begins their World Cup title defense at 9 p.m. Eastern Time against Team Vietnam. They are minus 30,000 favorites. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you want to win a few bucks, you got a few extra bucks lying around that you can wager, Gnome. Why, Why would anybody take that bet? I don't know. Well, because it's a, basically a free $100. But in, in the in the very, very rare event that it's not, you're down 30,000. <laughs> you're down 30,000. Yeah. So, and uh believe the uh, Jets open up training camp today as well, Gnome. So, 
fun little note for Jets fans out there as well. Here are sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. Let's catch up on the big stories of the morning. It continues to be the Gilgo Beach murders. It's now exactly a week from when we found out that Rex Hurman had been arrested for the murders of three young women whose burlap-wrapped bodies were found along Gilgo Beach. Here's the Suffolk County Police Commissioner uh, Rodney Harrison. The bodies, the demographics were a little different, but it doesn't mean that... Uh... We're not going to take a closer look and see if Rex uh, Heumann is attached to them or other bodies that might have been discovered throughout the state. Yeah, 10 bodies in all were found along the beach. Uh, they've only connected them to three, maybe four, but uh, a whole bunch of other places now looking at cold cases, including in Atlantic City for women working as prostitutes there. Their bodies were found in a watery ditch along the Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. Uh, all those years ago, those crimes are unsolved, so now they're looking to see if maybe there's a connection between Hewerman and those. Police in Las Vegas, where Hewerman owned a timeshare, said this week they're also looking at possible connections to unsolved cases there. That is, evidence technicians were just scouring Hewerman's Massapequa Park home for a seventh consecutive day yesterday. The search of the house expected to last at least through the weekend, and detectives now saying they believe one of the murders that he's accused of was likely carried out in their home. And until his arrest this week, prosecutors said Hewerman, of course, was living this double life using burner phones, anonymous email accounts to arrange sex and search for child porn, apparently, while raising a daughter and a stepson, and then commuting here into the city to his architecture job. This is where he was arrested last week in Midtown. His jailers, they've been watching him closely because he is on suicide watch. They say he's been very quiet and doesn't seem to be the slightest bit disturbed about what he's accused of. Amazingly, no uh, emotions whatsoever. And when you think about someone, you know, last week that was roaming around the streets of New York and also massive people parked freely to be confined in the space that he's currently confined in, you would think that you would see some emotion. Yeah, but apparently none. And uh, we are a week from that arrest. And women who work in the sex trade, they've been speaking out saying normally somebody like him would be a client. They say he fits the profile. And uh, but uh, there were people who say they think they got calls from him and were likely creeped out by him and thankfully never set a quote unquote date up with him. It was such a close call that I almost don't even know if I can carry on in my industry. One of the phone numbers was saved as do not answer from 2020. I don't remember the specific details of how or why that happened. But if I get a vibe from somebody that this person is scary, that's when I'll save them as do not answer. So it's really scary to find out that the person was actually only less than a mile from me. Yeah. And they thought uh, women, I guess they communicate some of these sex workers with each other. And uh, they thought that this Gilgo Beach murder or serial murder was likely out in the Hamptons somewhere. We all knew that there was a serial killer out there that was hunting us. And we thought that the person was from the Hamptons. And so nobody was taking calls in the Hamptons. It's really shaken our community that that we're afraid that he would have passed any of our screening techniques because he is a business person. And the, I find the amazing part about this is how many women have come forward who are currently working in the sex trade to talk about this, so very open about it. He looks like 80% of my clients. His build, his professional stature, um, 
his marriage, his children, where he lives. I could have been a victim. Yeah, a lot of those women say they just feel lucky that they did not take his call and they're lucky to be alive today. Uh, a Brooklyn woman who managed to free herself from the jaws of a shark that had clamped down off on her leg off Long Island is speaking out for the first time about her ordeal. It's 47-year-old Leota Emag who was swimming with her two friends in the shallow waters off Fire Island back on July 4th weekend when a shark bit her upper thigh and groin. She screamed at the sudden pain of the shark. I didn't know it was a shark. I felt like there was something there, some animal. I felt like I had to take it off. I had to push it off from my leg. Yeah, so the amazing part of the story, well, thankfully that she's alive, number one, is that she was able to open the jaws of this shark. She wasn't sure what was biting her, but she knew it wasn't good. She was able to open the shark's mouth and pull her leg out. I see blood and I see wounds. I'm not crazy. Something really bit me. Yeah, she was transported to uh, South Shore University Hospital. That's where we heard her story yesterday. She uh, thanked, went back to the hospital to thank the doctors who took care of her. And the doctors uh, say they actually took care of two shark victims on that day. Driving into work, I didn't think I'm going to see a shark bite. I've never seen a shark bite before. Ludmila actually was my second patient that day with a shark bite. You know, our waters are warming and uh, um, we might... uh, suspect we'll be seeing more of this in the future. Yes, Suffolk County, New York State, of course, have since announced stepped-up efforts to protect beachgoers. That includes the shark monitoring drones that if you're on the beach in Long Island, you can't miss them. They've been up in the wa- uh, over the water, over the beach. Uh, you have lifeguards, of course, who give you warnings as well if they see something in the water. And finally, the Jets hit the field. First day of practice training camp. Uh, new quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he's already having a fantastic time. He loves being noticed on the streets of Manhattan when he's walking around, and people are, like, high-fiving him, telling him they can't wait for the season to begin. I had a guy who was driving, stopped, and rolls window down, yelled something at me. I had a guy on the stoop say something to me. I had a guy on the street, like, double-take, triple-take, and then stop me and ask for a pictures. Yeah, so uh, Roger says there's nothing like New York and showing up at One Jets Drive in Florham Park, which is where the training camp is. He says it's way different than playing in Green Bay. I'm sure it is. It's been a long time, of course, since the Jets have had this kind of attention, all, of course, due to the fact that Rodgers has joined the squad and we're all hoping for an incredible season. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.